Attention, please be advised. The following episode contains spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. Is it going to be like Captain Planet or all the powers combined? <laughs> Pretty they, much. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, <laughs> but like real fucked up. <laughs> Nerd On. What's up, world? Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but the one you deserve. My name is Tom, and we're going to go around the horn before we introduce our topic. To my left. What's up? See money. See pow pow over here on mic number one. See ma- pow pow. See pow pow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he has mic one. I have mic omega. He has mic <laughs> A and mic. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Uh, content creator, uh, filmmaker without Tom sometimes, yeah. but mostly with Tom. And uh, Blizzard. X-rated. Tom content. is at least there Blizzard somewhere. fan. Yeah. <laughs> Tom is, has his finger in a lot of my pies. Oh. Hmm. Ali, you next. <laughs> uh, Ali, aka Future Foe, aka Prince Ali, aka YouTuber, uh, Twitch Marvelous broadcaster. He. Ali Ababwa. Marvelous He, aka Handsome as He. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Disney. Shout and, out. and no fingers in Corey's pies. And to my left. I'm Josh. I have nothing witty to say about who I am except for I'm just Josh. Uh, I'm uh, one of the producers, one of the hosts. I do the audio for the show. Yeah, I'm just Josh. And today I am only the comic book fiend and the film snob, the wet blanket, the angry gumpy guy that has problems with everything, can't just everything. enjoy things. Everything. And, and today we are talking about Thor Ragnarok. Mm, it is this Thor's is when we day, need you most. And we're talking about Thor. And we can't talk about Thor without talking about the uh, the first two films and the other Avengers tie-ins. So now yeah, right. we're talking like comic book stuff. Like so we're going to do some exposition? Yeah, we got to talk a little bit about that. So the first movie, Thor, mm-hmm. directed mm. by the lovely Kenneth Branagh. I yeah. love this man. Mm. Yeah, um, I love him so much. Very Shakespearean. Yeah, um, I, I I love that movie. What do you guys, did you guys, you guys watched it? Oh yeah, I liked it a lot. It wasn't my favorite out of all the Marvel films, but I this did is, enjoy it. And this is Phase One, so this yeah. happened. So Iron Man One came out, Iron Man Two came out, then Thor had come out, mm-hmm. and by yeah. this time, the Incredible Hulk had come out, but no one remembers that. The Incredible Hulk, where he cries the entire time. Yeah. No, I mean he was about to get busy too. I'm <laughs> That's the Banner version. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, with, oh, with Nick Nolte. So bad. Um, Nick Nolte was the only saving grace that whole film. Oh, I love it. Um, but that was a movie that actually my dad and I, when when I was growing up, we always had a tradition where we'd go to a movie once a month. And that movie, we got to the end of it, and we we both were quiet, and <laughs> we both went, "Can we have a new rule?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." What, what do you think? If you don't like a movie, can you tell the other person? And we'll just walk out. I was like, oh my gosh, you didn't like it either? Whoa. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah, no, my dad and I saw the same movie, and he's the one who came up with the Incredible Sulk when we came out. He was like, Incredible Hulk? More like Incredible Sulk. And I was like, yeah, dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Thor is in phase one of uh, Marvel's MCU. Um, this takes place right after the events of Iron Man 1, where Agent Coulson is going to New Mexico to find out what's going on with this thing, that and it's just hammer. hammer. Um, Iron Man 2, I think, right? Is it Iron Man 2? I thought it was. Maybe not. Is that where they find the hammer? Hammer. No. Hammer time? No. I feel it's like it's... Two, wrong? 
Fury? I feel like yeah, you're right. Because he tells him to like go like look at your stuff, look at your like watch your dad movie or whatever while I go take care of something. Oh uh, yeah, and then the, he calls on the phone with the end credit scene. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Thor one, pretty much the Thor origin story, right? He's a Thorgen story, Asgardian <laughs> warrior. <laughs> and you were giving me crap about the puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. It's uh origin story from the god of thunder who ha- has to have this story of humility and gets put down to earth, which is uh, a bit of a stray from the actual comic book because what happens is that Thor is not you know put down on earth as Thor. He's put down into the body of a of a paraplegic doctor named Donald Blake. And so mm-hmm. Donald Blake is, you know, a doctor, even though he's paraplegic. So it's like Thor's mindset of like, how can this weak person that can't give offer like his strength and blah, 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 help people. And so that's where that kind of like kind of cool love story happens in like Thor, where he, that happens. He learns to love Jane Foster. Odin, Odin banishes him because he's like cocky as shit. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's a big humility story. So the MCU took some liberties. Kevin Feige, the kind of like just genius behind everything. Um, the, you know, the one producer that gets like the top billing, like yeah. this is produced by him, um, pretty much runs the show. And what we're seeing is that, um, there's some things that are changing out of there. I think it's pretty fun. Um, you have Loki, who's the main villain in there. You got some of the lore so talking about the Bifrost, you know, you get introduction to Imdahl and just kind of how the wor- rules of the universe works. And this is the first MCU attempt to take us to space, yeah. which is funny because later on, they end up talking about how Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one to do so. But to me, this is pretty fantastic in terms of like just the fantasy appeal. Yeah. Right, because you're talking about not only taking you to, to different planets in space, but also Asgard. Yeah, which is a, Asgard. Yeah, Asgard. Um, <laughs> because the thing about Guardians is they're already kind of in space. The mm-hmm. only time you see Earth is for like a minute and a half yeah. in the beginning of the first one, and that's kind of it. But and this, I mean, it takes it from Earth bound to an entirely new planet. Yeah. And I, I think the cool thing that they explained in that movie was like how, you know, these gods that people have perceived are actually just aliens. They're yeah. pretty much just on another planet. Yeah. The yeah. whole like line with uh, like, if it's not, if it's science that you can't like understand, it's perceived as magic or mm-hmm. whatever. And then thing. he says in my, uh, where I'm from, they're one and the same. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wait, is, that. is Adgard a planet or is it more of like a gateway? Like it's what a, is it? Because it, there's the tree of, Right, the the of the nine kingdoms, yeah, or the nine, nine realms, nine realms. Like, there's Asgard, there's Midgard, there's other places too. So, I mean, the way I've always kind of pictured it, and I think it's kind of explains they're planets. Okay, like we're in Asgard, they're the Asgardians, and then Earth would be called Midgard. Okay, um, yeah. So, from for, and so going on with the movie, uh, you know, you got Kat Dennings in there, you got Alex Starsgard who plays a big role in uh, Avengers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, so moving on to Avengers, now we have Thor who's trying to find his brother who has escaped. And I always kind of deemed Avengers as like Thor 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can feel yeah. that. Or like Thor is like the prequel, like the like the prologue yeah. to yeah, Avengers. Yeah, to Avengers. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have to comment real quick. Tom Hiddleston as Loki is. Oh, yeah. I get I have it. A, man crush. a lot of people are like, well, why is it the same villain every time? I was like, well, because he's it's fucking Tom. great. He's great well, as that character. And the big thing in terms of like the huge Marvel cinematic nerd herd community, they've been saying like the only good villain that of you know MCU has come out with is Loki. Because he- you care, you want you like yeah. want him to be good so bad. Yeah, yeah because like, when he saves the cat, he's kind of like I, I think of him as that uh character in Lost. He was the con man, 
Did you guys watch Lost? Oh, Sawyer? Sawyer. I yeah. think of him like Sawyer Oof, because Sawyer... Put that out of my ass. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Um, Sawyer would do all this cool shit, do all these cool things, and then just spend all of his cool points mm-hmm. on this really fucked up thing. And that's what Loki is kind of like for me. He saves the cat and you're like, yeah, yeah. Well, he's like a he's like a multi layered, multi dimensional character. That's yeah. not just like right. evil for evil's sake or whatever. Yeah, and it's almost sometimes like his instinct as a trickster god takes over, and he like mm-hmm. almost can't help himself yeah, right. sometimes, yeah. uh, which I think is pretty cool. I, I mean, and the thing about Loki is like you immediately. Uh, you know, uh, identify and you kind of appeal because the thing is like his intentions aren't really like, I'm going to try to take over the world and all that stuff. It's more like my father doesn't love me and you know, I'm trying to take the throne. So, I mean like he plays that partial part, like one dimensional villain, but also like you see his internal struggle with his father and how like Thor is the favored son and everything like that. So, and then he ends up finding out that his entire existence was a lie that he was given as part of a treaty and you know, Mm -hmm. he's actually an ice giant. So that's pretty cool in doing that. And then leading on to Avengers. He also has that struggle with his brother who continually forgives him and mm-hmm. loves him unconditionally, even though he's done all this fucked up shit over and over and over again the entire time they grew up together. Um, so I'm, I'm glad they touch on that a little bit in the films as well. Yeah. Um, not so much in Avengers. Especially in this. Well, in Avengers, Ragnarok. yeah, they have that whole scene upon the mountaintop together, Yeah, um, which was written and iambic pentameter and beautifully yeah. written. I yeah. loved that. Which is good. Um, and in Avengers, you know, he, you know, Loki's trying to take over the world. He's got the Chitari army, which actually, I think there was in rumors in the space, in, in the world with that, they were supposed to be the scrolls. And the scroll, oh. but the thing is, right. 20th Century Fox has the rights to the scrolls because mm-hmm. the scrolls is originally a Fantastic Four villain. Gotcha. And so instead they just created the Chitari, which actually was really cool because it ended up just opening this umbrella for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. and all these cool little one-shots. Um, again, Joss Whedon's first uh, directing attempt or at the MCU stuff. And then moving on to Thor Dark World. Now, this is directed by Alan Taylor, who did a lot of Game of Thrones things. So okay. now you have the one movie, they have the Avengers World Event tie-in. Don't forget about the Tesseract from the first one as well. And the Tesseract. So yeah. the Tesseract, important. one of the many... One of the five Infinity Stones yeah. Yeah. Um, that becomes a pretty much like the the net, the the string, the common thread that ties all the movies of what is really happening. Why are these films revolving around these things? And it's really cool seeing how in Phase One, that's now ten years later. Yeah, we're now at this yeah. point where we're going to get the final big payoff. Um, but in Dark World, or uh, yeah, Thor Dark World starts off with the Dark Elves talking about how you know there was you know this ancient evil, and then also now bringing in another uh, Infinity Stone, the Aether, um, which right now they have not spoken of exactly which stone is what because they've changed the names and changed the colors. So there's you know one of power, time, soul, and all that. And um, specifically, like in most recently that we've seen is Doctor Strange, and they had the the Stone of Time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but so is so it that's the be only like, one we know. Yeah. Is it going to be like Captain Planet or all the powers combined? <laughs> Pretty they, much. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, <laughs> but like real fucked up. Yeah. Like if you if you called Captain Planet and he just came and destroyed your house and then went to your neighbor's house and knocked that down too and then the entire planet. Like not and then Kool-Aid like punched a puppy. Yeah. Mm, right. Like, yeah. Okay. If Captain Planet was a dying star. Yeah. That'd okay. Be, that'd Got be it. it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Which is... I like it. You bring up Dying Star because it actually brings up one of like the cool introductory like 
mechanics that you see of Thor and how he could throw his hammer and then he can call upon it anywhere he goes. They showed that in Avengers where he's fighting Hulk, which was a great little taste satiator for oh, yeah. all those like nerds out there who are like, oh, I want to see the fight. I want to see the fight. Because um, then you have your two, you know, brawl house, you know, big guys who can, you know, throw pack a punch. Um, but in Dark World, you know, continues off and it's kind of, it's a very different feel. You know, you got Thor, like a fish out of water comedy. You didn't really rely too much on the action. And, you know, the second one was very much reliant on the pack. Like, cool, these Infinity Stones have happened. It's like, what do you do after Some real shit. Darker yeah. tones. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like... And he introduced um, Idris Elba's character. No, Heimdall was in the first one. Was he? Yeah, he was. Heimdall was... Uh, he, he just wasn't as big mm-hmm. and featured as That's he was later on. Yeah. And oh, right, with this right. With the sword. With the sword, yeah. And he had, like, the yeah. golden armor and all that stuff. Oh, Idris Elba. Yeah. <sighs> so good. Sexy. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag yes. that's my James Bond. But I think I think what <laughs> yes. happened what happened a lot with Thor Dark World was the same kind of thing what happened with Iron Man 3. It was kind of like, how do you go from Avengers, which was like critically acclaimed, box office hit, and then go to a reason why are we going to have a solo movie? Because mm-hmm. like now you have this team and it's like, how are you going to justify having world ending events without the rest of the team? Right. So I think that's definitely always, you know, a tough spin uh, play to spin. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kind of then one, you know, just introduced the Aether. Loki is imprisoned at this point and it isn't until spoilers. No, not really spoiler because it's like seven years ago. Um, their mother, uh, Frida, 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 mm-hmm. Frida, what's that? Frida um, dies, who's played by uh, Rene Russo. Yes. And uh, she's a dame. She's, she's aged quite well. Um, <laughs> she dies. Yes. I remember watching her from uh, Lethal Weapon. Did you call her Bay Russo? Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. So she dies. More puns to come. <laughs> she dies and forces Thor and Loki to work together. And now Odin is, is uh, back in the Odin sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And he, and it's kind of weird because like Odin at this point from the first movie is like, you know, the whole reason why Thor got sent to Earth was like, you have to be, you know, looking for peace for, you know, if you want to be king someday, like you can't be it's like you know, benevolent looking for war and focused. all that stuff. And that becomes like a really big. Well, it's the great power, great responsibility thing that is always there. It's like he had to learn, like in the first one, he had to learn, like, yeah, you have this power, you you do, and it's always there. Um, But he had to learn how to be, you know, use it and be responsible about it and not be a jackass. Yeah. And I mean, the thing was like, this starts out with him starting a war with the ice giants, even though like something might've happened and Odin's kind of like, cool. We have to forgive it because we can't start a war with them. And then Thor's like, no, it's like before you used to have days of glory where you would just like demolish armies. And then Odin's like, that's not the way anymore. Like you want to mm-hmm. have peace for your people. And in the second one, Jane gets possessed or whatever the aether is infused in her. And so it's an infinity stone and Odin loses his shit. So it's really weird to see that kind of benevolent Odin that all sends like, we have to kill her. It's like, it doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. Do you blah. think, uh, because I I haven't seen the second one unfortunately, but do you think that it had anything to do with him understanding what that stone is? Do you think that was like, yeah, peace, but like that is a stone that can destroy the entire galaxy. We yeah. need to fucking. That's stop a bad them. jam. You yeah. want to stay away from that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, the thing that's tough with that is because at this point the tesseract is in Asgard as well. Mm-hmm. It's in the Asgardian in the vault. vault, and so for. For me, like the the motivation for that is like, bro, you already have very like world ending things in your vault. Why are you so worried about this one here? And to me, like, 
I guess they just didn't say ex- say like say it explicitly that like why he was so upset about it. Gotcha. Um, but at the very end, you know, you kind of have Christopher Eccleston, who I adore as an actor, playing the villain, and then you have Thor and uh, Loki team up to fight him, and you think it's really cool because you know after two movies, you kind of really grown to like Loki. You do like yeah. Loki. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's he's a guy that you love to hate and you know hate to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always funny. You know, Tom Hilson has this type of like, just swag, and you know, you know, debonair, like charm to him. And you know, throughout this fight, he has to you know fighting. The dark elf. Even though he looks like a really handsome Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Loki is apparently dead. Loki apparently dies. And the cool thing before that, it sets it up in an interesting way. I remember I was in the theater and I was next to my friend who's a huge Thor fan. And like one of the first fight scenes. Shout out to your friend. His name is David Barry from the Capeless Crusaders. Shout out to David Barry and the Capeless Crusaders. Um, First thing that happens is like Thor's arm gets cut off. And it's like, oh my God. Because what happens in the comments at the time, Thor actually has like a metal arm. So yeah. it's like, oh, dude, are they like going faster and like going into that stuff? And then you find out that was all an illusion because Loki, you know, master of mischief and all that. Trickster God. Yeah. Um, and then later on, Loki dies. And you're like, oh. And then my friend just says, I'm like, dude, are you serious? And he, he my friend David Barry just looks at me he's like, master of mischief. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Master of mischief. And it, again, we've never, we've never seen it. So he just knew. And then all, you know, the resolution for everything, a world ending fight, which is, you know, pretty cool, you know, cinematic just to watch for a popcorn movie, ends with Loki um, pulling a fast one. And so at the very end, Thor is kind of left with like, do I have the life on Asgard and, you know, take the throne someday? Or do I live with Jane, you know, my love of my life? And he finally makes the decision, I'm going to go live on Earth. Because, you know, you know, him and Jane Foster was a thing, which really didn't show a lot on screen. But, you know, you see some of the friction between that. And then at the very end, when he leaves and Odin says, like, the throne will be waiting for you, it's actually Loki. Mm-hmm. And so that's what ends that arc a until dick. Age of Ultron. And Age of Ultron, no Jane Foster, no Loki, <laughs> just nope. Thor. On a vision quest. Fighting ro- robots. And then, yeah, Going on a vision pools. quest. Um, well, they had to get a topless shot of him. So yeah, and then he has a vision. I'm of so Rhett. glad that they did. I'm, <laughs> that was the reason I wanted to watch it. Poor ugly man. Poor poor guy. Must be really hard to be <laughs> to be that man. Uh, and then so <laughs> then he has visions of Ragnarok, which for me I've always said that Age of Ultron was kind of like just this big setup for Phase Three. And would you call it Iron Man Four? Yes, that's Iron Man Four. Okay. Because it's all about Iron Man's story and him like, uh, I need to live forward and like make robots. I need to protect everybody. Yeah, it's like, all right, shut up. Um, And also, so what happens at the end is the Hulk and the cool development that happens between him and Natasha Romanoff, which to my knowledge has never been a thing in the comic books. You've had Black Widow be a thing with Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye, never the Hulk. Can I speak on that for a sec? Yeah. I'm really excited about that, actually. I dug it. Um, I... (laughs) You didn't I, I, at all. I made, I made a grimace, everyone. So yeah, like, he did. Um, I mean, if we're it, if within this MCU, to me, uh, it kind of made sense. And the scene within uh, Age of Ultron that mm-hmm. they have together, where they both explain that the they're sun's like, coming down. No, 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 not that one. Oh, where they have, in the barn, yeah. where they have the conversation about how where she came from and why she's the way she is and why you know she's changes what she considers herself a quote unquote monster. Still as well. no origin movie. Uh, I know it sucks. Yeah. Um, so I, I well, actually, because we couldn't handle it. Yeah. We, we would not be able to handle a entire movie. Cause we didn't, we, yeah, we couldn't handle Widow. a wonder woman. No, 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 no. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, for me, that scene made me go, okay. 
yeah. get it. And I, I have to agree as well. Like, I think it worked and I've already come to peace with the fact that the MCU is going to make some changes from the comics and they kind of have to for the fact that it's, you know, a series of movies and you can't spend a ton of time with it. So I'm okay with stuff like that. And there's been plenty of examples and we'll go over that in uh, Thor Ragnarok here in a little bit, how that kind of, some of those changes also, you know, they had to make for, for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with the, the whole Natasha Romanoff, I think it was important for Hulk, you know, the whole Hulk thing is so kind of, tough to deal with with him not being able to have his own movie or not having his own movie in the mcu or whatever like since incredible hulk or whatever uh and this is kind of like a way to ground him and have him be more human and have yeah. develop that character as much as they can so i think it works yeah well i feel like some interesting things the reason why i have was i was such disappointed with age of ultron this isn't an age of ultron episode but the thing is before that they had Captain America Winter Soldier and they had Captain America and Black Widow pretty much be with each other the entire time and for me if there was a relationship to build was that yeah and they were starting to like yeah yeah and I mean I I, I love that that to me just felt more organic and obviously again I'm not in the writer's room I don't know what happened in like the studio up up top there but I understand (laughs) (laughs) uh, I understand again like Joss Whedon's mentality of like you have characters why don't you have them play with each other why don't you have them work with each other and build relationships? So it's like, it makes sense for that to happen, especially like you can't have the entire movie be revolving around, you know, Steve Rogers relationship with Black Widow and, you know, uh, Tony Stark. So it makes sense to that mm-hmm. at that point. But also I think the thing I just kind of got irritated with, was just like, I don't know. It's just like, I just felt like it was just kind of just pushed in. It kind of felt very forced for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a uh, Next, a bigger MCU yeah, episode where we that. talk more about like uh, Age of Ultron because I have a lot of similar kind Quantum. of gripes with it. But. Ah, sounds like a future episode. Yeah, Ooh, great. Another thing to add that. to the two page <laughs> list. <laughs> um, so we'll move on real quick to the actual main event. And so the film uh, Age of Ultron ends with uh, the Hulk in the entire time. And I guess this is a big thing that. In Ultra, in Avengers One, it was the first time you saw Bruce Banner say, "My problem is that I'm always angry." Oh God, it's and, so good. And the thing is, is like you've in in the Eric Bana, Ang Lee, in the Edward Norton, who knows who the director is, mm-hmm. um, he is constantly struggling to to control the Hulk, and always it's been like, "Let me unleash it in a right direction." Yeah. And this time, it's like I could control it. Because I've always been angry. It's just a matter, it's a matter of me letting it out. Mm-hmm. And that was a really great thing to see. Was that like, because that's that that's pretty much something that people have wanted to see since the Hulk animated series, since the Hulk car, like comic books. Like, there's multiple versions of the Hulk, and it's about of what control does he give him. Yeah. And there's more of a battle between the two, other than just like like a werewolf kind of syndrome. Um, right. And then of Age Ultron, it kind of like, no, I don't have really that much control anymore. I'm afraid I'm going to hurt you. So, yeah. well, because, uh, uh, yeah, they, she, he get, became under, um, what's her Scarlet name? Witch. Spell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is spell that probably funked with some shint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> um, and so at the end of the day, um, the Hulk ends up making the decision to be on the Quinjet, throwing, uh, James Spader, uh, Ultron off the Quinjet mm-hmm. and really kind of thinking, like, I need to leave. And so I'm not causing any harm, put stealth mode on. He's the Quinjet. a very troubled soul. Yeah. He is. And that's literally like the the term of like they're just misunderstood. Oh, I think there needs to be another Hulk movie with well, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah, man. Oh. and he flies off, and at the very end, Thor just leaves because he says he has to figure things out, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that leads us to Thor Dragoncock. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Is that, is that is that what it's called? I I missed it. Yeah. Weird. Uh, they well, changed the name last minute to Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Got it. Got but it. But it rhymes it. with you know. It didn't work in focus groups. <laughs> oh. It's a banana bobana. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. so now this has been like three years since we've seen a Thor because Civil War happened, which was a big tie-in event, and that was a big question: it's like where is Thor and where is Banner? Yeah. And Bro- quickly, I do want to shout out. I think it's it's good. We we might you know, throw something in the description or at the top of the episode or something, but spoilers. Yeah. We're going to jump like right into spoilers. There is going to be spoilers all up in this bitch. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen it, pause, go to your multiplex. I know they're showing it. They're showing it right now. Right now. Playing in 10 minutes. Uh, And then come back and and press play. Yes. Um, One thing I really liked about this one was kind of how it started out. Um, The first time we saw Thor since Civil War was in a Doctor Strange post-credit scene. Mm -hmm. And Doctor Strange says, I will help you find, I think he says Loki. Or he says his son. Because in the movie, he says, I'll help you find Odin. I'll help you find your father. But I think in the post-credit scene, I'll help you find Loki. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that's really cool. They they changed it afterwards. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh. I mean, there's a big thing. Before we get into like the I guess the summary of it, one big thing that was a super change, like you could tell from trailer one to, to this one, was yep. when Hella breaks the hammer. Yep. Hella is breaking the hammer in open field, and in trailer one, they're in like a like an alleyway, yeah, like a cityscape alleyway. Oh, yeah. I didn't. And even so notice that. I thought it was Asgard. Oh, I, I, I think so, I remember, I, but I could be wrong. And I laughed. Which I probably am. my ass off when I was in the theater because they're like, look at this beautiful size. Like, yeah, it's green screen. <laughs> I was like, it's not beautiful. Anyways, because obviously something had to change. I don't know what it was, but something had to change. Um, but let's get right into it. The story, Thor Ragnarok, takes place in the middle. We're in Medius Race. Ah. Yeah, the one word that I do know. Two, three words. I don't know. Um, Thor's chained up, and there's this like Diablo looking dude. Uh, I don't even know his name. I don't remember his name, but he's supposed to be the. Uh, bringer of what Ragnarok. they call Ragnarok, which is the destruction of Asgard, which apparently was a cycle mm-hmm. I, I learned about recently. It was like every 5,000 years yeah. or something like that. Asgard gets destroyed, everybody gets killed, and then it resets. Resets. And the thing that Odin wanted to do was have, I guess part of the prophecy was to have his son Thor break that chain. Right. Well, he did. He stopped it. Yeah. He stopped it by, I think, blocking up Helia or Hela. Odin. Yeah. Well, and that's he stopped the last cycle from happening. Yeah. Um, and this time Thor is having visions of Ragnarok and all that stuff. And so what he does, he takes his throne or takes his crown from this fire demon dude um, and then brings it to the Asgardian vault. Um, what he doesn't know is how Surter, 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 something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Ah, so close. I think it's Surger <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. It's some sort of Sir. We'll find out. He looks like Diablo from Blizzard. You could look it up. Yeah. Um, and what he doesn't know is that how Loki has taken over Asgard. Um, and he goes to uh, Asgard. He sees this like awesome play, which like I want to have someone talk <laughs> Quote, about. Quote, unquote, awesome. Uh, yeah. Matt Damon. It, Matt Damon Matt is Damon. Loki. Um, Sam Neill. Sam Neill is Odin. And then uh, Luke Hemsworth playing Thor in the play. Which <laughs> so is good. Wonderful. It was, it was so fun. It was one of my favorite moments. Which is recapping the events of how Loki died. Well- Quote unquote Quote recapping, because in the play, Loki's like, you know, Thor's like, we'll build a great statue of you. And Loki's like, yeah, with my great big horns and talk about how magnificent I was. And it's like, <laughs> you did it all for Asgard. Or it's like, I did yeah. it. 
I did it for you. I did it for you. It's yeah. clearly written by Loki. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is cool because again, you get Thor who's coming in and he sees that Heimdall is now no longer the Bifrost guardian. Um, now it's by, um, Carl Urban, who I love is Scourge. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was great. Yeah, um, wearing some real world of Warcraft armor. Oh, can I take it back to the play real quick? Okay. There was a moment my wife and I had watching the movie that we were so excited about the play because we get really excited about people crossing over in other movies and stuff that they've been in together. So in that scene, you have Odin watching this play, who's played by Anthony Hopkins, and then you have Luke Hemsworth playing Thor, and they're in Westworld together, mm-hmm. which made me really excited. And then you have Sam Neill, who is Jeff in this movie with Jeff Goldblum, who are together for the very first time since Jurassic Park, since uh. 1993, uh, which made my insides <laughs> squirm with a nerd on. I almost had a nerd I believe the, the phrase you used before we started recording was I had a nerdgasm. Nerd yeah, mm-hmm. I had an absolute nerdgasm in, in the pants. Uh, Stay tuned for that. That is our late night erotic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there was a few more, but I'll, I'll, I'll they'll come up as we go through. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, Thor comes to Asgard with things changed. Like, what the hell is this? He sees a giant statue of Loki. He sees this play happening, and immediately he's not fooled. And he throws his hammer super far, and he calls his hammer back, threatening to kill Odin. He calls it back by putting his hand and, on the back of Odin's head. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, nothing's gonna stop this hammer from coming to me. Or, so it's that, up to your it's your choice. Pretty much playing chicken. Pretty much yeah. Asgardian chicken with this with Odin. his brother, yeah, and then <laughs> Odin, and then Loki, you know, drops the uh, disguise. Facade. Yes, mm-hmm. and they, you know, everyone sees Loki's, you know, been fooling everyone, and Odin's missing. So they go on this mission back to Earth, back to Midgard to find Odin. They end up finding out that Odin was left at a. Uh, uh, take care of home. Oh, spot. an elderly home in New York City that has now been demolished. Demolished, um, <laughs> which ends up leading to uh, a transportation circle that we all know and love yep. from Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. And they're in the House of Mystery, I think yeah. it's called. Which was a really fun scene yeah. because the entire time, um, Doctor Strange is just fucking with Thor. Or not fucking with him, but just like. He's using his powers to tumble around, which is very normal for him. But Thor is having so much trouble keeping up <laughs> with the changing environments and the questions that are being asked. I think one of the best things is just the refillable, you know, refillable Stein, Stein here. that he drinks in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah, what's um, up with Asgardians being able to put away liquor? I know oh, yeah. for sure. Um, and so um, him and Doctor Strange had their funny banter. And that great moment where Loki tries to attack him, and he goes "fuck it" and just throws the portal at the two <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah, it's um, like nah. Um, and the end of, in Dr. Strange asks us like, why did you bring Loki here? So we're looking for my father. Cool. I'll help you find your father. Boom. That's a credit scene from Dr. Strange. Um, and then the scene that Corey's talking about, um, where they end up locating Odin and they send Odin off and Odin is kind of, you know, by himself in this vast valley looking onto things. In Norway. In Norway. And he's, yeah. And then this is pretty much where all the exposition I wanna, breaks I wanna, loose. Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> uh, I want to take one step back real quick and talk about something that you and I have talked about, and that's Bathos within, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and I thought this movie did a really good job at its true um, sentimental moments, not taking away from it. So the moment where Odin disperses into nothingness essentially into this golden dust of life force he redigitizes he, re- <laughs> <laughs> he 
there was no uh, joking. There was no, let's lighten the mood for a minute. They let you live in that for quite a long time. And I thought that was really cool because mm-hmm. having watched uh, the Every Famous Painting where he talks about that, I think it's every, no, no, less just screen? right. Just right. He talks about the bathos in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. I was expecting it. So let uh, me explain what bathos is. And bathos, for those who may not know it is, it's pretty much when you're writing yourself into a circle and you don't take yourself seriously. Um, where you cut every single dramatic thing with a with a joke, and typically this is seen a lot with writers who don't find their content um, heavy enough, or they mm-hmm. don't find it like they're not confident in it. So you cut it with a joke because it's like you don't want to be corny. So you're um, not committing a hundred percent to the moment. And so like the perfect example is for me is Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange, after um, the Ancient One dies, um, Stephen Strange is literally a close up of him, and he's like crying, and then his lifelike cape wipes a tear away immediately and he's like stop 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 touching me and it's like dude just she died let them be sad yeah um mm-hmm. but to me that's been a big qualm of mine of marvel and disney um because they just don't let things be serious um moving on real quick just get yeah. the rest of the story done yeah um, odin kind of explains everything that's happening he's like oh, i'm not under a loki spell like i'm about to die my next jo- voyage is for me thor you must become king also, let you know you have a sister. She's about to break loose, and she's gonna fuck. Bt dub, and I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> and then he dissolves away. Deuces. Uh, Thor's angry, looking at Loki. He's like, "You did this. Is it your fault?" Which goes on to Corey's point. Yeah. Like, it has a good heaviness to it. Hella comes in. She's you know all sexy looking oh, with man. her. Kate Blanchett hasn't aged in twenty fucking years. No, she's she. I I think that there is a secret club of actors that she's have, actually Gladriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's what yes. It is. Um, Thor throws his hammer. She grabs it, smashes it, and then um, Thor wants to fight. And then Loki calls in the score, uh, scourge to um, you know, bring him up to the Bifrost. In all actuality, they brought Hela because then Hela's it's fighting that cool them. moment where Thor's like, "No!" Yeah. And then Hela's fighting them in the the Rainbow Bridge and you know Rainbow Road. Them. They got knocked out of it. They got knocked out of it and they land on some junk planet, which is beautiful looking. Um, and that's where Jeff Goldblum's the Master is. And Valkyrie, Grandmaster, yeah. Oh, Grandmaster. Valkyrie's in Westworld too. It's another crossover, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you meet Valkyrie. And you meet Valkyrie. Who's um, dope as shit, by the way. Who's this, like, dope girl who's drunk and drinks probably more than Thor does. Um, takes her into, takes Thor into this pretty much gladiatorial thing that people wanted to see that Hulk and Thor can actually finally fight. And we finally get the fight. We finally yeah. get the fight. And then there, Thor kind of like, I don't know, his Odin eye opens up. And he sees Odin and gets a vision. And then his, like, true god of thunder power awakens. And just wipes the floor with Hulk, which I've always loved to see. I've always loved to see. To me, Hulk is like, yeah, of course he's going to whip everyone's ass. But it's like, yeah, Thor, he's big. Yeah. yeah, he's he's this big, scary monster kind of thing. I mean, of course he's going to wipe the floor with everybody. Uh, that moment when when he's like, yes, I know him. He's a friend from work. Apparently that line was um, made up from a Make-A-Wish kid who was on set oh. that day. He told Chris, he's like, you should say this. And it made it <laughs> in. Wow. You say it's a friend from work. And he was like, fuck, I should. And then they made Chris more good looking. Yeah. yeah. With they cut his hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, they gave him like a cool Dope Tron ass looking hammer, the helmet. Uh, helmet. Yeah. Uh, I like the helmet. Some people didn't like the helmet. I loved oh it. Oh my God. I wanted to come we're, we're complaining about the helmet. Yeah. Oh my um, God. So he wins the fight. Um, Thor. As long as he's not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> or complaining about shaders, you know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> after the fight, they're both unconscious. Thor wakes up in this like winter suite where the Hulk is. He asks Thor or asks Hulk where he's been. Hulk has just been like fighting and Thor just needs to go back home. Hulk's he's, kind of a dick. Yeah. 
He's full of himself. He's pissed that Loki hasn't done anything to like get them out of there. And Loki's kind of been there for like three weeks because time and space, you know, all that thing, those weird stuff. Yeah. And he ends up recruiting Valkyrie to pretty much bring this ragtag group together, the Revengers, to break out. (laughs) Um, They finally do after all these, I don't know, people on this planet are attacking them. They finally get back to Asgard. Where the third act finally starts. Yeah. Where, uh, where Valkyrie decides, you know what? I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to join them and stand up for Asgard. Uh, they start the revolution yep. on the uh, Gold Goldbloom planet, Gold. planet Goldbloom. <laughs> um, and um, Helia, uh, or Hela, um, meets them there, mm-hmm. essentially. And she's throwing spikes all over the fucking place. And uh, Thor is, you know, she almost kills Thor. And then he has that Odin eye vision again, right? Yeah. Takes an eye. And at this point, Heimdall is kind of like this resistance leader where he's taken all the Asgardians and put him into like a mountain. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of this ticking clock. Scourge he's is trying now, to get him out of there. Scourge is now like become this executioner because he's just trying to find glory. Yeah. Um, and Hela is kind of like, yo, I'm going to reveal all the bullshit. I have all this undead army. My one of my great wolves. Fenrir. It's not Fenrir. It's a different dog. I thought she said Fenrir. It's like, what have they done to it's you? It's like Fenrir. Oh, man. Because there's multiple ones. Because I asked my friend, I was like, I was like, is this Fenrir? He's like, I don't know. Could be, could be another one. So, and it was. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, because if those who are familiar with the actual Ragnarok story, Fenrir is the one that I think kills Odin. And the Midgard serpent is like the one that kind of devours everything. Fen- Fenris. But yeah, it's him. Oh. It's him. Because it? she says the line. She says, Fenrir, what have they done to you? Oh. Okay. And then she brings him back to life, and he's like 30 feet tall. Dope. Um, <laughs> you have zombie warriors. Zombie dog warriors. Yeah. For um, Mr. Josh, Fenrir, you know, the cloud symbol in Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, so. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, finally, Thor has his his power because he ends up having this, like, kind of talk, which really reminded me of Harry Potter talking to Dumbledore. Oh, the talk with Odin? <laughs> yeah. And he says, like, I don't have my hammer. I'm not strong enough. He oh, says, and he lost his eye. He loses his eye. Right and before. He, and then he, he has his vision. And he says, it's like, I don't have my power. And I think one of my favorites is like, you're not the god of hammers. Yeah. You're the god of thunder. <laughs> yeah. And then they fight. And then Scourge kind of like has his redeeming factor. The Hulk is fighting the Fenrir. Um, <laughs> With destroy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> destroy. His AK-47. They destroy. That was really <laughs> Scourge <laughs> having his moment where he's like, I got to do it. And then Thor finally realizes that it's not a matter of stopping Ragnarok, but having it happen because, you know, really kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. So he ends up asking Loki to take the the crown from the very beginning of the film, throw it into the internal flame, and then starting Ragnarok. So he goes to the vault, he grabs it, he looks at the Tesseract as he walks by, yeah. he's like, oh, and then keeps walking, does it, and surf, surfers, whatever, <laughs> becomes <laughs> a thousand feet tall. And starts saying all this epic shit, even though no one's in the city. And one of my favorite moments is Hulk, Hulk. going, ah, oh, jumping yeah. onto him. And he's <laughs> like, no, him. But big once monster. in your life, don't smash. Yeah, but big monster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not now. And Hela is like, yo, this is my throne. This is how I get power. We have to fight. And then you see Scourge just throw this giant sword and supposedly kill her. My big rule of movies is show me the body. Yep. Show yeah. me the body. Oh, yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. And then they end up deciding that, cool, Asgard is not a place. It's its people. So we're moving on this ship and we're leaving. End of the movie, pretty much Thor, Loki, all brother, brother. Um, Valkyrie's He's like- He's really there. Yeah. Valkyrie's like, hey, I, I, like, I found my place amongst the Valkyries again. And Hulk is 
and Bruce Banner and Hulk is kind of like now balanced. They figure that stuff out. And uh, Heimdall is kind of there to kind of like kind of help him with his people. And so they make Asgard in the ship, kind of maybe yeah. like Asgardia. I don't know. Um, they head to Earth. He becomes king. He becomes king. And they head people. to Earth. The and SS Asgard. So no eyeball, no, no hammer, um, short hair. Yep. And he's a king of the people. And still sexy. Yeah. That's a good summary. That was really quick. That I tried to be real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. Should we dive in? Should let's, we talk about the things we in. liked first? Yeah. Let's then talk about, qualms. Let's talk about like some of our favorite moments. Um, and again, just to remind our, our listeners out there, we love these movies. It's the reason we break them down and we analyze them. I think a big thing to just talk about, too, is it's a director. Oh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Has a special place in my heart. Yeah. His previous he's, two films were... Uh, what We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People. So But good. he's also done a lot of work with Flight of the Concords. And he's met, he's best known because of his, most of his stuff is improvised, right? Uh, yeah, um, a large majority of it. I mean, Hunt for the Wilder People was not, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, but it's but, comedy. But 80% of, uh, they say 80% of Ragnarok was. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, uh, like, 100% of uh, <laughs> what we do in the shadows was uh, improvised. <laughs> so absolutely. Good. He also plays Korg. The voice oh of my gosh. Yeah, he's probably, the rock monster. Probably my like sleeper character choice. Like yeah. my favorite. Every time he was on screen, I was so excited. When he's like, "Where is this place?" He's like, "Yeah, it's kind of like a circle, but like a freaky circle." I <laughs> loved that line. <laughs> but like a, a freaky circle, you know. And just kind of a, a I guess a logistics star, uh, point is that it made about I think one hundred forty-one million dollars opening weekend. So it's crushing it. Four hundred twenty-five worldwide, or yeah, worldwide. So. Is that a rolling release? Yeah. So it's huge. It's going. It's going. It's going strong. It's breaking the the curse of Marvel sequels that they don't do as well as their predecessors because none of the Thor movies actually did that well. No. So no. which is pretty crazy. Yeah, and they, they weren't my favorites. And this is the highest rated MCU film this year. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into what I think what I loved about um, the movie, which is one of the reasons I think it succeeded so well, is the marketing and just the visual style. Yeah, that they gave it like the '80s retro, oh. like all the color, Zeppelin, all the color. Song. Well, I like, think it's it's kind of like um like the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing when they're like, oh, yeah, this, this works. Like, this kind of works, and we could use that here a little bit because it's it's so like the contrast between that and Dark World. Yeah, is and is even the first one very noticeable. Yeah. yeah, and in the first one for sure. Yeah, but that was like that was something I was in it. You know, like every yeah. every I loved every, the whole visual and style. What a perfect song for for uh, Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like the trash planet or whatever that was could have been dark and dismal, you know, but easily, but it was all colorful and bright. And yeah. It looks like Nintendo and Gold DJing. It. He's yeah. like yeah. DJing while he's telling. Like- <laughs> it's funny because like, it's like a retro style, but it's it's what I imagine movies would look like if they were made in the 80s. Yeah. I dig that. It's you know kind of I mean? funny where like, I think MCU is starting to establish that the 80s vibe is just in space. Yeah, yeah. So. It just worked. It just worked really well. That's one of the biggest like pluses I give this movie. Interesting. I dug it. I have an opposite feeling, but ah. you always do. You always. Josh, how did you enjoy the movie? Well, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, you guys were talking about what is that term? Bathos. Bathos. Yeah. Bathos. 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 Um, you know, it's like I can, I can see that about some of the of the MCU movies where it's like, okay, give me the moment to experience that emotion of what just happened. And this movie I felt had a really good balance of hilarious and like, Oh man, that's really deep or whatever. And it's like, 
I, the whole movie I was laughing and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just a lot of fun to watch it and not knowing, going into it, not knowing really anything about the actual universe of what happens yeah. with, with in the comic books or anything like that. And just having watched all the MCU movies a few months ago, being kind of fresh to it a little bit to go, oh, okay. Knowing where it sits within all of that. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, I'm, I'm always excited about an MCU movie because I'm, I'm more interested in the bigger story that's going on. Right. In the phase. Connecting all the dots. Yeah. Connecting all the dots and going, oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. God damn it. Tom, you're just giving me the, (laughs) giving me the eye. Grumpy Tom. Grumpy Tom. So Should I go like, next? Because you're going to... feel like I can't well, like anything. We're, just, we're talking about the things we like. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> we're the things we like. Korg made me laugh every time. Korg's the best. He's, and his little... He's like he's like an insect, but with knives on his hands. So yeah, he's got that going for him. <laughs> Is that <laughs> an ectoplasm? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Get out of here, ghost. That's probably my favorite line of the whole movie. Uh, Tom, what did you like? Um, So I like just... Again, we've had like years without seeing Thor. So it's like... Yeah. Oh, shit. He, he still Last matters. one was 2013? When I moved here. 2015. So 20, 2015. We saw Age of Ultron together. Oh, I meant uh, uh, his own movie. Oh, Thor was 2013. Oh, yeah. It was before I moved down here. Um, but yeah, and it was kind of cool just to see where the pieces were picked up. Um, one, th- one thing that I think is always tough, and I think that this happens a lot with comic books, is you make such good villains you don't want them to be villains anymore. Mm-hmm. Look at Venom, Agent Venom, and even the symbiote itself is not even a villain anymore. Um, there's so many Low people key. that have turned into anti-heroes. Like, again, you want was, a reason to keep them around. Yeah. And I, I just love the interplay between Thor and Loki the entire time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, my big thing, I feel like, is development. If I see development with the characters, like I can see them like from one place to another by the end of the film. I enjoy it. I, mm-hmm. I love that. I think the the tough thing that movies have is being able to do that because a TV show, that's what you're really much you're pretty much doing. Yeah. In a movie, you got to tell the plot, you got to keep them interested in it, and you also got to like develop the character in some way so that from the beginning of the film they've learned something and now are different. So the, yeah, there's the what's the 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 Harmons. Um, Joseph Campbell's Joseph hero Campbell, story. Yeah, I yeah. would say Dan Harmon because that's who I heard talk about it. But yeah, it's, it's going back to the same place and having learned something, which is what, what he does. Because he hero's starts journey. at the beginning of the film, being like, "I don't want to be king," and then by the end of it, he is king and has realized he's like, "This is what I have to do." Um, I'd say I'm I'm on board with with you. I think the the character development. I mean, that's Ty- Tyka's strength is character development and smaller moments. Um, uh, a lot of the one-liners, the little improvised lines were great. I think one of my favorite parts was the scenes between Thor and Bruce Banner when he yeah. came back. And they had that little scene together where he's like, I'm going to wear a disguise. He's like, oh, me too. I'll be Tony. He's like, you're in a disguise. No one knows who you are. Um, or when he's like, you're not a good friend. You know, you don't care. I just told you I'd be the Hulk and never come back. And you don't even care a little bit. He's like, no, I, I prefer Bruce Banner. The, the Hulk's all smash. And I, I like you. It's like science. Um, but the reason I just laughed a minute ago is because I remembered my actual favorite line of the entire movie. Uh, that I, I had to like cover my mouth to stop from laughing to disrupt the rest of the scene. <laughs> was when Mark Ruffalo comes over. He's like, a minute ago, he just told me this terrible shit. And Thor's like, yes, he is a trickster. One time he turned himself into oh. a snake. Knowing how much I like snakes, I picked it up and then he turned himself back into himself and said, it's, oh, it's me and stabbed me. Was my favorite line of the whole... I lost my shit yeah, during that same. line. Um, but as far as like... Um, 
Epic moments go? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say one of my other favorite moments is um, growing up as a, like a little anime kid who loved like watching anime fights and then playing video games. I grew up on Dragon Ball Z. Seeing the fight scenes as, as like in a way where it's done, we have the technology to do it. Yeah. So I love seeing like from the beginning fight scene where he's like fighting hordes of demons yes. and he's using the hammer. When he does like the crazy. spitfire and he shields yeah. the fire. Oh, I love Mjolnir, that. And I mean, I think it like plays, it, it was done, I think a little bit more to play into the plot more, mm-hmm. but just using the way he used Mjolnir oh, yeah. and just like dropping like it in the dragon's mouth. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, stay. Pulling him down, stay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think a cool thing is like, I don't know how much it might've influenced or if James Gunn influenced I mean, I feel like James Gunn has influenced the MCU in such a big way. Uh, one of my favorite sequences in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was when Yondu has his uh, spear flying around and they have a mo- oh, the arrow. Yeah. yeah. And this kind of played that same thing with the hammer in a better way that the second one didn't really do that well. Mm-hmm. So I, I love just like, cool, like this feels good. And it had an opening very similar to almost like Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I I love fight scenes. And when he became God, then I was like, oh my God, he's it's over 9,000. It's just like, that's what I was thinking of the entire time. I was like, cool. Like full powered, like awesome fights. Yeah. I'm sorry. Nothing's going to beat uh, Mr. Blue Sky from Guardians of the Galaxy That was too. a pretty good opening. Made me laugh so much. Um, I think... Yeah. I think I, I can't uh, move on without mentioning that my actual favorite part, yeah, period aspect is Goldblum playing Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like and the melt stick, and his little helper is actually f- uh, one of Taika's favorite actors. For, he she was in uh, Hunt for the Sorry. Other People. Yeah, he just interrupted me. It's not a capital offense. Yeah, <laughs> the, the melt stick. Why are you, are, you, are you handing me the melt stick? It just interrupted me. It's like, were you just waiting to say that? that doesn't even start with a B. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trash. you can see him. You can see him break too when he says, "You know what? What, 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 what does that smell like?" And she goes, "Bent toast." Jeff Goldblum starts to laugh, <laughs> yeah. and then they cut away. Yeah. I loved that. Um, so is that all the favorite parts we have to show? Uh, I mean, I could go on forever. I, th- I think the fact that he allowed it to be a uh, majority improvised really helped show off not only Chris Hemworth's uh, comedy chops, which mm-hmm. he has. like yeah, He's got he really great comedy chops. Um, but allowed, and I think you touched on this the other night, allowed for those small moments to feel really true. And allowed like the moments between him and Bruce Banner, or him and Valkyrie, or uh, you know him and Hulk, where they're talking about who's fire and who's you know hey, oh. you're like water and I'm like fire. I loved uh, get help. Get help get was help great. Was <laughs> like, I don't want to do get help again. It's, and I was like, it's embarrassing. When they <laughs> humiliating, they use get help once and they bring it back when it's like with hell. It's like I don't want to use get help. I'm not using get help. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed uh, Hulk's conversation, and it's the first time uh, Mark Ruffalo voiced Hulk. I believe Lou Ferrigno did the other ones. Oh, okay, so this oh, is the first time yeah. he got to do all of the voice acting for it. It's the first time we hear Hulk have dialogue. Yeah, yeah. angry lady. Yeah, I loved. Yeah. I loved it all of it. I think one of my favorite things, I think I, I made... Uh, when well, he's nude? Well, no, no, no. I can, <laughs> oh, I didn't need to see I that. I could do less without CGI butts. Um, but for me is when Thor and Hulk are fighting in the glad- in the, the Coliseum. And then Hulk picks him up the exact same way that oh, yeah. he's oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the ground. And Loki's, Loki's, Loki's like, cheers. I know how it feels! And he's like, like, yes, yes, that's how it feels! Yeah. And he looks at Goldblum and he's like... <clears throat> and I remember literally in the theater watching, I was like... Thor's uh, Hulk has to do that if Loki's watching, just because it would just make such a good like nod parallel. To, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You're you're rewarding the viewers who have watched. There was a lot of rewarding films. in this. Yeah. Well, even before yeah, that, was. he was like frozen stiff, and he's like, "I gotta get off this planet." Gotta, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, oh, that was so good. But yeah, I love that part. I was like, "That's that's to me. That's I, I think that's when a filmmaker is actually like looking at all the content given to them and then 
celebrating it. Yeah, with them. So. I agree. That's a that's a really good thing to point out. They had a. I mean, they did have a lot of it in here, but that was that was a great moment because that yeah. was my favorite moment from Avengers. Yeah, that I remember mm-hmm. laughing so fucking hard at that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could it's go on of, and on um, about. For me, it's kind of one of those thinking about the Avengers scene when he didn't he just like make this like big speech and then Hulk comes in and just beats the hell out of him. Yeah, he he's starting yeah. to tell. He's like, I'm a god. Yeah, and he grabs him by the leg. Pulls him. And it it reminds me of. Did you guys ever see that movie Deep Blue Sea? It's like yeah. a shark movie. Sam Jackson. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and then just the shark comes in and kills him yeah. during like his epic. Like, his we're gonna epic. do it, and then it just yeah, yeah. and he's like, "You think you think water's fast? See ice." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I agree with that. But I, I mean, I can go on and on about shit I loved. But let's get into the the picking it apart. Kind the of Grandpa thing. Tom sequence. Yeah, I, I'll start because I know Tom's got. I can see he's already tense. He's smiling and and crying with his eyes all at the same time. Um. My my little qualms with it, I guess. Uh, I didn't have many. Um, it's definitely a different storyline than I thought it was going to be. Um, I wanted to see more Hella. Oh, I, I agree with that. that. I think that's going to be probably pretty common throughout all of this. Um, I just I I love Kate Blanchett. I I always have. And she was amazing. Uh, the coolest fucking thing just pulling her hair back and having it become those horns. And, and she has this great voice and like her powers are awesome too. Like, but you wanted to see more. Stuff. Like yeah. it was, I wanted to see her do more because she, Anthony Hopkins did such a great job or whoever wrote that speech of building her up and what she was and how, you know, and then when she tells the story with the ceiling, mm-hmm. how it's painted and you find out that she was this executioner who brought vengeance upon people. And you saw her wipe out one of the nine realms. Like, I guess that my biggest qualm is I just wanted more. It's interesting that. with that. That I feel like that's like one variety of of like a story to tell, which is like the bad guy comes in, like ruins everything. Your protagonists are like, in this case, light years away or whatever. And then you don't really have a whole lot of interaction back and forth until like towards the end. Right. Which is kind of anticlimactic, yeah. which is nice for, for character development stories and stuff like that. You get to spend a lot of time and, and you know, with those characters they like to see, but you don't, you don't get to see like the evil person interacting with them as much as right. you would prefer. And then they kind of end up getting, cause all the they really had the stick, was, I feel. was the scene in the field and then the scene in the throne yeah. room. A film right? that does that really well is no country for old men. Yeah. Cause Tommy Lee Jones and, uh, Javier Bardem don't actually ever meet. Mm. But yeah. this one's a little different. We're talking about apples and oranges at this point. Right. Yeah. But the, am I correct in saying that those are the only two scenes that they have together? Pretty much. Right? Yeah. yeah. This is when they first meet, they're in the Bifrost, and then the very end. Yeah. I um, My qualm was I, I felt like the end was a little anticlimactic. Like, she was such a badass. Yeah. And it kind of... It almost baned at her. It was kind of like... shot her with a bat pod, and that was... Yeah, like, and it was yeah. like... doop doop boop boo and, and then I was there's uh, the bow. Oh, and okay. Well, I think that might play into Tom's thing of like, we probably haven't seen the end. Yeah. Before. Yes. I, I think so too. I agree. But it is one of those things that I was like, hmm. Well, so the thing with Thanos is that at the very introduction of him, it's like to deal with them is to deal with death. And then he turns around and he smiles because Thanos, the mad Titan is kind of a nerd because he's like obsessed with things, but he's also in love with, Lady Death mm-hmm. and Hela represents death, mm-hmm. so we don't know how much that'll play into it. And the thing is, for me, if they're going to have Avengers Affinity War with Thanos, he could die. 
And then four, Hella could bring him back with other things, like could bring back that with Red Skull. Yeah. Who knows? That'd be yeah. cool. I'd be down with but that. But I think I think I kind of agree with Josh where it's like you build up you build up the character so much uh, as far as like Thor finding his true powers and all that stuff. But then like that's not what takes out Hella, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the weird kind of thing. I think yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like what you're getting Deus at. Deus Ex Machina almost at the end. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what they had to yes. resort to, which exactly. is kind of like clever for the plot or whatever. Exactly. But and like the, the thing it did, though, that I, I liked about it is it does allow Loki to redeem himself in that sense. Right. Because without that ending, you would have him not doing that. Yeah. Like he did show well, up, but, but it you would could never argue, be. Yeah. You could argue that it's like, it's, you know, Loki not necessarily having to do it by himself or whatever and being with, the, with his whole people. And, and here, here's another thing that I would say is it's like, I, I get what you're saying and it's almost it. I, I'm the same way when it comes to a villain dying. If I haven't seen the body, then I just assume that they're still alive. I mean, that happens with heroes all the time. Like there's a room full of zombies. The, one of the heroes gets backstabbed. The door closes. That's it. And also yeah. at the very end, they come in with the sniper guns like, I got you, bro. It's like, but, all right. But my thing is, it's like, I I don't think of when I go see an MC movie, MCU movie, I'm not thinking, oh, the whole universe. I'm more so thinking about the one movie that I'm seeing right now. And it's like, can we just focus on this one and give me a good story right. where the ending, like the battle at the end is really like, holy shit. And like, they really have to try really, really fucking hard to beat this person that was destroying them and... You know, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, you remember that thing? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe Tom can elaborate a little more on this during his thing. But like that's I think that's one of the downsides to having an MC, the MCU. Like there's mm-hmm. there's great stuff that can happen, like the moments where we have those callbacks for fans who have seen it all. You get to have all these superheroes like in the same movie like Avengers. But at the same time, now you've got to tie shit together. Yeah. You can't have these standalone movies because you have to think, well, how are they going to affect the next movie that's coming out? Because they all have to tie into together. Uh, the post-credit scenes always tie into like the next movie coming out, I think. Yeah. Did you have any qualms? Mr. Uh, yeah, I had a, I had a couple. Um, my uh, my biggest thing is actually, I, you know, there was the separation of the protagonist and the antagonist, but more so, I feel like we almost got like two different movies that like like I feel like they could have this could have easily been a two part like movie like and they they knowing Marvel, I'm kind of surprised that it didn't end up being you know that them getting making more money or whatever after after having it be two movies. Um, I, I wanted an entire movie with, with planet Hulk. Like, I feel like that could, there was enough mm. there to, to just spend a whole like two hours there and to make it interesting. And then like, they could have spent like the second movie back at, you know, as Asgard or whatever. And, and that would have given him an opportunity to kind of flesh out Hella more and to, and to really dive into flesh that. Flesh out Hulk more too. Flesh out yeah. Hulk more. And the, and yeah. So that, that was my only thing. It was like, I felt a little disjointed from the two different. Did you like, feel cheated? No, I wouldn't go as far as saying cheated because I, I, I enjoyed my time. I loved every bit of it, but I just yeah. wanted more. You know, it's kind of like it's that that age old like grab of like I didn't dislike anything. I just wanted more of it. And in this case, like I feel like they could have you know spent a little more time developing everything, and they could have provided more. Yeah, yeah, in different ways. That was like broad strokes, gripes, um, and I think that's. The big thing for me, yeah, that's the big thing. I was looking around with my notes. <laughs> I was like, we talked about everything else, but yeah. cheat sheet. How yeah. dare you? The, but the, that was my biggest thing. That that was the most obvious thing to me. Okay, um, Grandpa Tom. I do talking about Planet Hulk. I do like. I do love the fact that they had Beta Ray Bill 
on the wall of on the building of the, the statues. Yeah, yeah. faces. I, like, I did yeah. like that. Which to me, in my in that mindset, it's like, well, then if that means Beta Ray Billery exists, then does he already have his hammer? Mm. Interesting. Are right. are we gonna see him? Because yeah. I would fucking who's, love who's that. Beta Ray Bill is this jackal looking alien dude. I'll show you a picture while he's doing um it. during the time of during in in the Thor comic books, um Thor becomes unworthy and all that stuff. And then this alien Beta Ray Bill picks up the hammer and he becomes worthy. He becomes the power he has the power of Thor and he uses it to like save his people. And then later on Thor goes through all this shit, and then Thor ends up becoming worthy again. So it's like battle for the hammer. And then Odin's like, cool, you know what? I'm going to make another hammer for you. And then gives Beta Ray Bill his hammer. I forget the name of it, but he gives him another Dope he gives him hammer. hammer. And so there's two hammer wielders. And it actually is kind of cool talking about it now. This time stamps it, obviously. But what's happening right now in the Marvel Now universe, uh, Thor is Jane Foster. And then mm-hmm. Thor, you know, Thor that we, th- we know, Odin's son, is just known as Odin's son. Right. And the thing is like, what happened recently is that the ultimate universe and the regular canon universe has met. And really what's happening is like Th- Odin's son is trying to, is on the spiritual journey to like figure out what he's doing. All, Ragnarok's happened. Fear itself's happened. All this stuff has happened. And the hammer from the ultimate Thor that died is calling him. And it's like, you do uh-huh. have a hammer. And this is for anyone that knows like a visual Thor's hammer in the regular universe is the one that we see the square rectangle, ugly looking Mjolnir thing, Mjolnir, but they're both, they're both. Right, right, right. And then in the ultimate universe it's the hammer with an ax on the back of it. So it's kind of like, he'll have, well, he's worthy to have both, but does he want it? Mm. So we'll see what happens with that in the MCU. Um, I'm but, surprised he didn't go back and like try to fix Mjolnir or find the pieces or it's, I mean, it's a dwarf it. star. So yeah, I think um, it's done. And, okay, so no. going, qualms. going to qualms. Um, my big thing about the about Thor was, and I, 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 you, sh- you can expect it with the MCU is the Bathos thing, but the way that to me the film was marketed to me, mm-hmm. the trailers wise, like I felt there was going to be comedy, but there was enough action pieces to be like, this is still going to be action comedy. But f- what I got out of it was just a comedy with a little bit of action. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying it gave me the wrong expectations. It's kind of like when Pirates of the Caribbean first came out, the teaser for it was these skeletons underwater walking and it looked, it looked like a horror movie. Yeah. Then immediately after that, you get Jack Sparrow, dun, 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 and it's all cool action. So I got the proper expectation. I wasn't walking into Pirates of the Caribbean thinking it's going to be a horror movie. So walking into this, I was kind of like, uh, you know, I could see that Guardians of the Galaxy has a big aesthetic influence on it, but also I felt like it, uh, it should have been half-half action, half-half comedy. I mean, there's films like Deadpool, which did well to with the comedy and the action, but it was marketed as a comedy 100%. And so it didn't surprise me too right. much. But the thing that is kind of to Ollie's point, I felt like the entire Hella storyline, it, it was an afterthought. It felt that way, yeah. Obviously, at, that's at what moments. they wrote it to have a story, but you could but tell— they didn't spend enough time— yeah, like why it, are we like, bringing Hella in? What, yeah, and what is she gonna do? You felt Taika Watiti's like yeah. heart is in all of the trash planets, all in the development right. of the characters. And for me, kind of to your point, like I didn't give a fuck about yeah. Hella. I didn't give a fuck about Asgard and Heimdall. And I haven't seen Heimdall throughout like for forty minutes of the movie. Why should I care about him now? And it's like cool. He's got long hair and he's saving people. I don't know anything else that's happening. They they kind of do this like oh he's not welcomed here anymore. It's like. Why and, and and part of that has to do with the director, um, as much as like Disney prefers, I guess the directors to kind of not have like 
their style be overly like, influential. influential on a movie, yeah. but you definitely felt the style here. And I think that in this case, like while he's an incredible director, I think his he his action scene chops just aren't there hundred like all the way. And like the Hella, like Hella fighting the soldiers, as I guess that's another graph of mine, was like some of the action sequences. Like Hella fighting the soldiers was obviously it was like CG. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of like like, don't hate me for saying this for those who loved it, but it felt like the action sequence in Matrix Reloaded. Yes! That's exactly what it felt yeah. like. <laughs> like, where, they, where thousand all the agents, of Agent Smith, and he's just, like, spinning on a pole. It's just like, I oh, hate and like, and, like, in that scene, it was, like, you could tell it was Keanu Reeves for a while, but then there was, like, one, one was shot so where it switched to CG and was CG for the rest of so that bad. scene. Yeah. And I was, like, looking back at that, it looked like a, like a terrible video game. And yeah. I, I don't want it to look like this, like five years from now, looking yeah. back at this action scene. So that was like one of, I really didn't like that action scene at all. Um, but the rest of it, like I feel like some of the action scenes were kind of muddled and there's a lot of wide shots kind of like concealing, like getting in like too specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they kind of covered it really well with like the score and like the editing, like look really cool. So it was still like enjoyable to watch, but that, that would be my other sort of like gripe with it or whatever is kind of like the, the caliber of action scenes just weren't there for you there. Yeah. hundred percent. Interesting. Another, I think, I guess another worry for me was like with Thor, I never worried about him. Um, and, True. The, and the tough thing was like, he's in this gladiatorial planet. You're going to fight this like champion. And it's like, I don't care. Cause you know, it's God of thunder. He's They're not going to kill you. They're not going to kill him. But we also know he's in infinity war. Yeah. And that's like another one of those downsides of to having MCU. a universe. And yeah. we all know that he's going to fight Hulk cause we've seen the trailers, but also, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Like, I feel like the core character kind of destroyed a lot of the the mood that you could have had. Like, obviously, they wanted to be like, "Cool, he's going to fight this guy. We don't know who it is, quote unquote." But like, he the, every time he was on in the sh- in the shot, I'm like, nothing serious is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was almost like a walking spoiler alert. Oh, Korg? Yeah. No, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> I'm saying, but, I'm saying <laughs> but, the is, I, but the thing is, like, it's tough because it's like it's, it's a true like I enjoy hearing this actor portray this character and say the funny things and have this little bug with the knife hands. Um, I, I found those funny, but to me, it's just like, was it necessary for the story? Not necessarily. And, oh. and you come across like the, again, I'll bring up the BVS syndrome where there's too much goddamn story and not enough feeling. Right. So you don't get enough, like of the sense of like what the world feels like. You're just getting like, here's information, swallow it. Don't choke. I feel like we're getting to that point in the MCU where it's like, yeah, it's all threaded together, but you also have all this baggage that it's sort of like in some some instances, like with the Loki scene, it's it pays off wonderfully and yeah. it's amazing. But then there's like those other parts where it does kind of feel like it's dragging some stuff that is kind of left weighing behind. Weighing it down. Does yeah, have, weighing it they, down. They have a little to put bit. a bow on or and put it in right. Or it's whatever. not it's not just the stuff forward from it. It's also the stuff behind it that kind of I get that drags it a little bit. Yeah. And by the way, I love that Hella just walks into the thing and and just like shoves the the gauntlet is like fake. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. like that was really good. Oh okay, was, I loved that. <laughs> yeah, a real quick way to kind of get through that plot hole. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, my main thing is kind of just like overall assembly of it. So it just didn't well, see. I had the way. opposite. I felt like there wasn't as much story and there was a lot of heart in this. No, I say that. Oh, I, I thought you were saying the opposite. Well, I say there's a lot of heart between all the development of the characters, but the thing is like kind of just, pretty much all these points, like give me more of that. Like I could tell that's where yeah. the director is shining and he's kind of having to just swallow and go through all of the actual storyline stuff. Oh, and is that what you were saying? Like the, the, yeah. there's only so much a director can do before the, 
the the production studio is like, well, you need to do these other things, yeah. right? Like like Joss Whedon had to deal with the stuff that's coming like in front of him with Phase Age of two. Ultron, mm-hmm. uh, but then like in this one, we're starting to feel like the stuff that happened before is also kind of weighing in and like the the obligation of having to like make sure that that it's stuff informing stays in decisions. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So that that's kind of like what's interesting because like with Infinity Gauntlet, presumably that's going to be the sort of the crescendo or whatever, or the end of Infinity of like War, the past yeah. three you know phases or whatever, and then phase four is going to be like kind of like Completed. a reset, kind of probably. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's been my big thing is like one, I was never worried for any character. Um, the one thing yeah. I really thought I thought they did well was Hela getting introduced to Asgard. She immediately kills the the Warriors three. Yeah, and I thought that's something <laughs> oh, that like, I know. a lot that of people was... hated that. But I, I liked it. To me, like it's like it's like Zack Snyder killing off Jimmy Olsen. It's like yeah. mm-hmm. holy shit! Important characters that shouldn't be dead are dead. Yeah, like, no shit's real. Yeah. I remember after like about five minutes after that scene, as it as it, as it passed, I was like, no, 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 they're dead. Okay, they're dead. Which, they got well, knives in their bodies. Which, yeah, <laughs> I think is bold. Knife spikes. I think it's yeah. bold, but it's also like you can't keep like you you have nothing to do with them and mm-hmm. it's kind of like what cw did with uh dc's legends tomorrow it's like you have all these great actors playing these like cool roles you have nothing to fucking do with them now so it's like kill them just fucking kill them because again they can come back it's comic world yeah so for right now let's not have to bring them in every goddamn movie and just kill them now right because then you'd wonder in avengers infinity wars like where's the warriors three why are they not helping where were they in age of ultron why are they not helping why are they not in age of, you know like you ask these questions it's like why why wasn't um uh, War Machine, or why wasn't Captain Falcon in Age of Ultron? You know, like you ask these questions, like where, what, what the hell? Yeah. Like, so um, that kind of stuff. But then after that, immediately after that, they just kind of pulled back, and there's like no one's gonna die, no more. And the Scourge, you like, you really didn't care if he died or not because he's like, oh, I did. He's playing a douchebag, and then finally he makes his redeeming. I was thing. sad. Yeah. Um, do you know the the cool Easter egg with the shake weight? No. So apparently Taika Watiti was in uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, he was. And immediately when he got casted for that, he's like, I'm going to just buy shit. And he bought the shake weight. <laughs> and so that's the exact same shake weight That's his? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, another crossover. Uh, Carl Urban and uh, Kate Blanchett, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Also in New Zealand. I don't know uh, where Taika's <laughs> from. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that, those are my biggest. Great cast. The funny thing is, like, I don't yeah. really have... Yeah a lot of qualms, but those qualms were like the biggest glaring ones that kind of just yeah. really changed the way I watched it and affected the way, the way I looked at the entire thing in general. And I do agree with Corey. Like the tough thing with having an MCU is that you have literally, you can't please everybody. Yeah. You have a TV no, show can. movie yeah. thing, but you have a movie, but you also have a TV series. It's like, what is it going to be? How are you going to please everybody? How are you going to keep everything connected? How are you going to keep it all the plot holes? How are you going to, uh, you know, celebrate the directors and, you know, the actors who want to do what they want with the roles and the writers and stuff like that. Um, I feel like this movie was actually what, what like, you know, in the what if universe, like if Edgar Wright had done Ant-Man. Cause oh, I feel, yeah. cause would you, right. would you say yeah. that this movie is a Taika Waititi film? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Easily. And that was like a big thing was like, Marvel at first wanted to make their movies and they had mm-hmm. the directors who would just put people in seats. And Edgar Wright had said the quotes like, I wanted to make an Ant-Man movie, but Marvel doesn't want to make an Edgar Wright movie. And I feel like right. this was a, this is a Taika movie for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's pretty cool yep. to kind of see that. Cause you can watch his other ones and then watch this right after and go, Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Same guy. Yeah. Stars out of yeah. five. We're doing it right now. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go first. Um, yeah, you, yeah are. you are, Grump Tom. Old man Tom, gun to your head. 
3.8. Wow. All right. 3.8. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm at four for it. I'm four as well. I'm a four. I'm a Here solid we go. four. Yeah. Oh. I like that. Super enjoyable. Loved, loved every Laughed minute that, a was, lot, that was looking at. Cried a little bit. Yeah. I, I think about it like in the last time we did like a rating was for Blade Runner. And so like just kind of thinking like in the same scale, it's like Thor Ragnarok was pretty much a popcorn movie for me. It's like something I'd watch. It's not something I'd super analyze. I don't expect it winning any type of Academy Awards or anything like that. But if it was on the TV, I, if there was nothing else to watch, I'd put, I'd leave it on, them, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. If someone wanted to watch it with me right now, I'd go watch it again. Yep. So. so we're going after? Yeah, we're going to go after it right <laughs> yeah. after. Totally. Let's do it. Uh, we'd like to introduce a quick uh, new little segment here uh, about fan mail. Yeah. Um, we, if we could take a second. Yeah, we We, have, we got some. Thank we, you. We got some. <laughs> so first of all, thank you. We've been receiving responses like a lot. So it's been awesome. But we'd like to call out a few people. Um, Boom Knight, she yeah. has been... Mm-hmm. Uh, posting on everything that we post and saying some Killing amazing it. things. So thank you. She reached check, out to us. Check out her nice. page on yeah. Instagram. She's dope. Cosplay. cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. Cosplay. Um, Gabby over at Disagreeable Nerd. We received some mail from a user on Instagram named Ghost Gem. Nah. And Hi, Ghost Gem. Hi, Ghost Gem. And Teddy Pip. Yeah. yeah, they all reached out and just to tell us how much they love the show. I also so, want to give a shout out to the Azorian one and the Mad Piper. Uh, had some great conversations with them on Instagram over some of the Batman posts. Yeah. So thank you guys for that. Yeah, love the conversation that's going on on our social media. Just love hearing what you guys have to say. And um, it really refuels us. Yeah. yeah. It refuels us to talk more about it because the thing is like, oh, people are listening. That's you nice. guys, you guys <laughs> love it. We love it. And we love the fact that you guys now feel involved in our conversation. And we really want to bring you guys into as much as possible. So be yeah. part of it. Yeah. Like, Keep talk it to us on all of our social network. Yeah. Seriously. Email us, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. If you go into our website, there is a contact um, page. You can send us an email via that. Um, there's also a survey page on there. You can fill that out. Tell us a little bit about yourself. If you have any comments or anything like that, you can go on iTunes review. I mean, we read those. Yep. We can see it. And like, if you have uh, people have already gave given um, suggestions yeah, for give us episodes. Topics. That'd be great. There's a Pan's Labyrinth. Oh yeah, Labyrinth oh, suggestion. Oh my god, really? Yes. So, Guillermo del Toro. I'm so um, about that. Talk he's got a new Hellboy. movie coming out someday. Yeah. Someday. Oh, but we so have good. some stuff to we have stuff to talk about. But yeah. we'd love to hear what you have to talk about. Um, so thank you all you guys. Yeah, exactly. One other thing we'd like to talk about, Josh, you may want to speak about this, the the t shirts. Oh yes. So next week, that mm-hmm. is November sixteenth, we have t shirts launching. Ooh. We are super excited to have our first nerd swag, nerd on swag. And not only t shirts, you can get your own Bro tanks or girl, 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 girl Yes, we are going to have girl shirts, girl fit shirts, and tank tops. Request by me, tank tops. Yeah, he he was that weird. <laughs> he was that world weird guy. I want so it. yeah, we've got some t-shirts coming soon. Yeah, the link will be everywhere. It'll yeah. be all over the place. Get a big old post about it. Um, where will we post about it? We are going to post on Instagram, which is Nerd on the Podcast. You can get us on Twitter, Nerd on the Pod. You can get us on Facebook, Nerd on the Podcast. Uh, YouTube, again, we're not big boys yet, so you got to search for us, Nerd on the Podcast. We are pretty much now the first one that shows up, so that's yeah. cool. Dope. Um, yeah, so and all, the episodes, all, all the episodes go onto YouTube. If mm-hmm. you forget all of that, if you remember one thing, 
nerdonthepodcast.com. Where you can also help us out and donate if you'd like. You could yeah. if you want, yeah. I it's it's on there. Laser up. Yeah. Not exactly. gonna say no. If you have some spare cash that we yeah. don't some know gill about. That, that, that you want spare cash that Ollie was talking about <laughs> last <laughs> <laughs> AKA tax refund. Yeah. Um yeah. If you have any gill, send it uh, our way. Love Tom, that. Where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you could find me at Tall Dark Not Ugly on Everything on Everything, which is Snapchat, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, which I think some of you have because I've added and I don't know who you are. So keep doing that. Uh, you could also find me on YouTube as Thomas Bitborosuth and IMDb and even Vimeo. And on PlayStation Network, you can find me as Tall Dark underscore N0T Ugly. And you, Corey? Uh, you can find some more of Tom's stuff along with mine at wearestoryboard, B-O-R-E-D dot com or on Instagram at wearestoryboard. You can find me at Corey89 or on Blizzard, Corthan, C-O-R-T-H-A-N. Let's play some Warcraft. Uh, Ali, you can find me uh, at FutureFoe on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube uh, slash plays. You can find me on PSN, Future underscore Foe. Let's play some video games and also on Blizzard. Uh, future Foe, I don't know the little number. But <laughs> hit me up on Twitter and I'll let you know what's going on. There we can go. play. We can play some games. Nice, cool guys. And, Feel good. Uh, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Joshua S. Manley. I mean, that's pretty much where I'm mostly active. Uh, I'm still figuring out the Twitter. I'm like an old man that's going. Is this the button that I push? Okay, yes, yes that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Speaking of which, and I know that Tom hates this because he cringes every time. My username is just Joshinya. He looks I me straight it. in the eye. I loves it so much. <laughs> it's my favoriteest. Um, and you can find me on Facebook, Joshua Sterling Manley. You can find me on IMDb and see all my work there, Joshua Sterling. And on uh, PSN, Sterling J85. Let's play. It'll be fun. But everybody at home, as always, you're on. Ending broadcast.